0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out how to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people. I'm also the author of the book, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, which is available wherever books are sold in whatever format of books that you want ebooks, or um, audiobooks, or paperback, whatever you want. So um, today's podcast is number 137, and we're talking about large family organizing and keeping your home under control while homeschooling. And I have a guest today, and you guys know that um, I don't have guests very often, so it's very special, and I'm excited to have my friend Amy Roberts of RaisingArrows.net, and the podcast also called Raising Arrows, which has started recently. Hi, Amy. Hi. I'm excited to have you here today. Let me just tell y'all a little bit about Amy. From my perspective, Um, so if you read the book, my ebook, which is free, Giving God the Worst of Me, I talk in there about my process of being willing to be a cleaning and organizing blogger, you know, considering me and everything. Um, Anyway, and Amy, I don't think I mentioned her by name, but basically I'm talking about her. She was one of the very first people that I met at the first blogging conference I went to back in 2010. And I specifically remember Amy just looking at me and saying, um, you're an organizing blogger. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she just, she was just like, Dana, you are, that's just who you are. And so I thank you for that. And I credit you for having um, put me on this path that has me here today. So
1: Well, it's been exciting to see the evolution of your blog and all that you've done, and um, it's been exciting. It's been a a journey for sure.
0: It definitely has. It definitely has, but let's talk about you. Um, Okay, so tell me your unique family situation. We're talking today about large family organizing, and I would consider you the ultimate expert in this, so tell me about your unique family situation.
1: Okay, so um, I have nine living children, and um, we homeschool, and um, I've had them all one at a time, so we've just added slowly over the years, and um, I I don't know, I wouldn't call myself an organized person. I think it's maybe kind of organized chaos, and it's organized because I have to be organized. If I was not some sort of organized, it would just be a mad mess.
0: Then you're perfect to fit in around here. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so tell me how old is your oldest now?
1: He's 19. He still lives at home, but he goes to college just basically in our backyard. Okay. So there's, there's a college behind us that he goes to, and so he lives at home, and then um, I have a 10-month-old. So everything in between.
0: Yes. So all of the different ages and stages you're in right now at this moment, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got to cover tell me about a typical day for you. Now I know that there is no such thing as a real typical day for a mother of any situation, but tell me, just give me kind of like what a normal-ish day looks like for y'all.
1: So we get up fairly late compared to I don't know, proper standards. <laughs> and, um, we, we don't typically get up until around nine o'clock and um, sometimes a little bit earlier. I will try to fit in a walk in the morning and I'm usually dealing with the baby and the toddlers in the morning um, there for a while. And then my older kids start straggling in. We do not have a regular sit down breakfast as a family. It's kind of a get your own. Um, I'm not a big breakfast person and so we have things that are available. Um, I always have the same things available and you can come in and you can get whatever you want but typically our homeschool day starts around 10 a.m. and I will call everybody together. We'll have our Bible time and our read aloud and then they disperse to do their individual work. The older kids have computers at the bar and they have headphones and they all sit up there and work And then I take the younger kids to the dining room table and I work with them. Um, Usually by the time I'm done with the little kids, it's time for lunch. And um, we have lunch together and then we kind of take a little bit of a break and we come back together for Um, like a corporate school time, which is mostly our history and geography and things like that. Sometimes some art and sometimes some projects I've pulled off of Pinterest because I'm kind of spontaneous. I'm not a big planner. I typically plan once a week and a lot of times I'm planning on the fly because I've seen something I really want to do that day and I fit it into our day because that's important to me to be able to do things like that. I'm... I consider myself a very relaxed homeschooler, and so I'm not super rigid about the structure of our day. Our day is usually over by 2. Um, the kids watch a movie in the afternoon. A lot of times we get together for dinner. And then in the evenings, we're just relaxing. We usually have Pandora up on the Apple TV. We're listening to that, reading books. Um, the kids, I have one child who likes to sketch. She's usually doing that. Um, I'm working on the blog in the evenings and that's just kind of a typical day. And then I put the little guys to bed and the rest of us straggle into bed. Um, typically I try to be in bed about midnight each night. So that's my day.
0: That sounds pretty full. And (laughs) I also like, you know, For those of you who might be new, I do not homeschool, but I have a lot of listeners who do, and so I find it really interesting, and I feel like, okay, I I can see that personality working well. As far as the more relaxed, you know, the whole reason that you're home is that you want to be able to do things spontaneously, and I totally get that. Um, So let's talk about organization, okay? Okay. now, I'm just going to tell you when I picture a large family and you have nine at home, correct? Yes, I
1: do.
0: Okay, so you have, when I picture that, I think about did you ever see the Lucille Ball movie, Yours, Mine, and Ours? Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure you hear this all the time from non homeschooling people like, you know, okay, is this how you do things? But I just remember the big chart on the wall for every little thing that they did. And honestly, that is the kind of thing that for me, like in my ideal self, I think, Oh, I would love to live that way. Like that's the kind of stuff that I assumed I would do as a mother. Um, I was so completely wrong about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but what's your, what's your balance there? Like you said, you have to be organized on certain things simply because you have so many people living in your home. So what are the things when it comes to home organization that you've decided over the last 19 years are worth your efforts and what things have you decided are not worth your effort and your stress?
1: I have had to come to terms with the fact that I don't work well within a rigid schedule. I work much better in a routine. And so, I mean, the reason I was able to rattle off to you my day is because that's the routine. It's kind of day in and day out. But we have systems in place. So I don't have like a chart on the wall that has all this stuff. But I do have systems. Anything that causes me stress or makes me have to think more than I want to think, I put a system in place so that it runs on autopilot and I can look at the chart and say, that's what I need done. So like, our morning routine. When the kids get up, I say, you know, get your morning routine done. It's like three things. It's not a big deal, but mm-hmm. I can just say that and they know what it is. And table chores, the same way. Everybody has a set of table chores after we eat, and I can say table chores and they know exactly what they're supposed to do. And I do have it written down and laminated cuz I laminate everything. Mm-hmm. But I do have it posted, but it's not like I have this super tight structure. Table chores happen after we eat. And I don't know if we're gonna eat at noon or at one, but we're gonna eat at some point and you're going to
0: clean up the table afterwards. Okay. And so so they- on your table chores, do you rotate those? Do you alternate those or do you or do the same kids have the same thing all the time or does it change as they age?
1: It changes as they age. I reassess things about every six months or so to see if it's still in a good place with the ages of the kids and then you know with my son being in college now he had to kind of come out of the rotation because he's not here a lot so we've had to fill in his spot I've got some little guys who are old enough now to be able to help out so they are getting plugged into more places as well
0: how long does your table routine table chores how long does that take you Oh, 15 minutes or so. Okay. And does that include washing all the dishes or loading the dishwasher or what? It does.
1: So I have one child who loads the dishwasher. I have children. Everybody buses the table. Um, I have a child who's wiping down the table and the counters and the microwave. I have a child who is loading the dishwasher. I have a child who washes the things that can't go in the dishwasher. Um, I have kids who are sweeping, um, kids who are putting away the leftovers. And that's, that's about it. And that takes around 15 minutes to do.
0: That's great. That's great. And this is done, I guess you don't do a formal breakfast. So twice a day, they do the same routine. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
1: okay. So yeah. Anything that has caused me stress in my life, I really try to put a system in place and, you know, laundry has a system and even seating arrangements in the van and things like that. Because every time we go out to the van, there's like a brawl over who's going to sit where. And so if I just have a seating arrangement, it's like, Oh, ha ha. It's, (laughs) you have to sit in this place today. And it's,
0: it's stopping arguments before they start and preventing them from ever happening. Yeah. right. That's smart. That's good. Um, tell me what, um, what have you decided is not worth your effort? Like what, what thing did you just assume you would do that? You've finally just said, you know what? No, it's not happening.
1: There have been some things that I have done in the past that as I've added more kids or I've gotten older, I've just decided, you know, things like I cloth diapered for a while and that's Mm -hmm. just one more thing for me to have to think about. Um, So I don't do that anymore. Um, I... I did think I was going to be a more structured mom, and I have to be honest, I, I maybe would have been if I had married someone different, but I married a really great guy who is super relaxed and spontaneous, and I have found that I need to be very on the fly with stuff. I need to be prepared to... Stop everything, and we're all gonna get in the van and go somewhere Um, because that's how he lives his life. And so, I think for the two of us to be a united front, that's where we've come as a family. And so, maybe in a different circumstance, I would have been more structured. I don't know, but I like where I am. I really feel like this is a good place, and we've struck a good balance between order and chaos. (laughs)
0: That's exactly, that's exactly the goal. I mean, to me, I have no interest, you know, those who've read my book know this, but I mean, I have no interest in the ideal if it's going to keep me unsatisfied with my reality. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I want to, let's just go for a reality that actually works for us in our unique situation. So I, I love hearing that and I love hearing how, um, you know with the addition of each child it changes some but the basis the basic stays the same and that's a question what do you like what advice cuz i know i know i mean y'all amy's been blogging for a really long time and she's always got very um kind but strong words is how i would describe it you know you're very confident in what you share but you share it with a lot of kindness and a lot of grace um, What, when people ask you, what is, you know, what's your advice when you add a newborn to an existing, you know, family with kids and, you know, my experience was that first child just completely rocked my world. And so I was petrified when the second one came that it was going to do that again which it didn't, but you know, that it was going to be like that again, but also having a toddler at the same time. What's your main piece of advice that you give to a mom who's adding a newborn to an existing family with kids?
1: I was told when I added my second child, something that I've carried with me Um, that with your first child, you understand the depth of your love. And with the second child, you understand the breadth of your love. You're not dividing. Um, it's, it's multiplying and it really is going to be okay. You're going to find your groove eventually. Um, for me, number four was a really hard addition. Everything I had done before didn't work anymore And I had to rethink things. And I do remember feeling like I was in a fog for a while, but you do come out of it and it's, it's a trial and error. I really believe that homemaking is a trial and error process and you try something and you try for a while. And if it doesn't work, tweak it and try again. You're not, you're not drowning. You, you are, you know, doggy paddling until you find a place that really feels right for your family.
0: I think that's great advice. Um, never judge a new situation by the first day. You know? <laughs> that, that's that's one of the main things that I have to tell myself and I tell other people is just, it is going to be hard in the beginning, but it, it's going to feel nothing like that later on. You know, those feelings of being completely overwhelmed. That's good. Um, okay, so let's talk specifically about some um, challenges that, all moms face, and I can only imagine, are multiplied when you have a large family. Specifically, what about um, toys? Like, how do you handle toys? How do you limit them? Where do you keep them? What's, the, um, what's your basic overall strategy on toys?
1: Mm, I hate them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, We currently live in a smaller house and it does not have a basement. Um, We live in a high floodplain, And so um, we have a garage and I do keep big tubs of like toys together. So like yesterday, they pulled out the Littlest Pet Shop box. It's usually kept in the garage and it has all the Littlest Pet Shops in it. The only things toys wise in the house is a basket of baby toys. And then in the boys room, there is a box of Legos and there is a box of like cars and animals and stuff like that. So I keep them in plastic tubs. Um, And I don't, I would never survive if I sorted every little thing. Um, So like the cars and the animals and all of that, they're just all thrown into one tub. I can't sort out all the little animals and all the little army men and all that stuff. It's just, it just goes in one tub. And that's easier for them to pick up. It's easier for me to manage. And so those are the things, those are the things they play with a lot. And the other things like blocks and trains, I have in big tubs with lids on them out in the garage.
0: Okay. So are you saying that they stay out there and then you pull out like the littlest pet shop stuff and say, okay, today, you know, because I'm sure because they said, hey, we want to play with that let's bring that in today and you guys can play your heart out with that stuff. I actually think that's a really excellent idea because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really big on not overwhelming my kids. Like I majorly did with toys when they were little. I, we just had them all and it was too much. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like that idea. Is that what you're saying you do?
1: Yeah, they'll ask if they can get out the train set. And there's times when I'm like, no, we just cleaned the house. (laughs) I I need to have a little eye clutter break for a while. And then, yes, you can get them out. But a lot of times, yeah, they're asking and I'm like, sure, go get the tub. They play all day long with them. And then we put them away at night.
0: That's good. I like it. Um, Okay. Tell me um, about clothing. I know that that's an issue for, um, you know, any mom who is planning to have more kids is the storing for the next child or, you know, maybe you have to store it for a couple of years till it gets to the next kid. What's your overall strategy for that?
1: So again, I have big, huge tubs, plastic tubs out in the garage. They are not labeled by size. I have always just gone like child, like girl and boy. And I will put the child's, the next child's name on the tub. And so if I have, like my two little girls, if I have something that Aspen wore and I need to store it for mercy, I put it in a tub marked mercy so that I can just open that tub when the time comes. I found that storing by size is kind of arbitrary And there'll be one size that fits and another size in, you know, that same size doesn't fit in another outfit. And so I've just put things in there. It's easier for me to just put things in there. As I pull them out of the other child's drawer when, I, when I'm when i decluttering and um, changing things over for the seasons, I just put them into those tubs and then I pull out that entire tub and go through it. And it's probably not the most efficient method, but it works for me. It works for how my brain works. I just don't like things all sorted out by um, sizes. Plus I have boys and girls. And so I want to, you know, have the boys stuff separate of the girls stuff. And, um, it just seems easier to put them into one big tub and I sort through that.
0: So do you do, like, I know that, um, you know, you had several boys in a row there for a while. What, with the girls clothes, did you just have a girl box?
1: I did. And, um, You know, my story that the girl before my two little girls passed away. And so those those clothes sat for a long time and I did keep them. Um, I wanted to have some of those clothes, but I did find that we ended up with a lot of new stuff, too, um, because there was eight years between the two girls. And so, um, I did hang on to some stuff and I did that with my older son and his next brother, who was eight years younger. I hung on to stuff there as well. And I know some people say, Oh, you need to just start over. Um, but for me it was, I don't know, maybe it was sentimental that I wanted to have some of these clothes that the other kids had worn and they, they held up really well in the tubs.
0: Okay. Well, and I don't. I don't want to brush over what you just said. Um, I would love to talk to you at some point about Emily. Emily was Amy's or Amy's daughter who passed away at the age of seven, seven months. Yeah. Yes. Um. And for those of you, I know this is um, it's a hard subject for a lot of people, but Amy has been so open in her grief process. And um, I have learned so much um, about how to love those people who I know who've been through similar situations. Um, And so I encourage you to go to RaisingArrows.net and read the story there. Um, and, And I would love to honestly have you on sometime to talk specifically about um, grief and and you know the the stuff attached to grief. Yeah, so um, there's a
1: lot of stuff. I that was one thing that I noticed, and yeah, I would love to be back on and talk about that specifically.
0: Well, I, I just want to make sure that we honor Emily and we talk about her, um, and so we'll we'll talk about that in a future podcast. Let's do that, okay? Sure. Um. Okay. So, let's specifically. Um, I want to ask you what, what things um, have you decided are not worth saving to pass down to the next child?
1: Uh, I don't know. I save almost everything, Dana, frankly. (laughs) I I really do. Um, I, I don't know. No, I really do try to keep things. And then as I bring them out, If I'm like, you know what, I just really don't like that anymore, I'll get rid of it then. I tend to just pack it away on the front end and deal with it on the back end.
0: Well, let me ask on that issue. I know you guys have moved quite a bit, right? Yes. So I'm sure that that has made you over time, you know, I I have three kids. And so with, it was not until the third child that I finally said, you know what, I really can't just buy every last thing. I don't need every last thing that I bought. So I'm sure some of that is just natural progressing, you know, but, but there are some of us who would simply have too much to pass down. So, you know, how do you feel like you've gotten to a point where you say, this is what a child actually needs versus, maybe what it was like in the beginning or what it's like for, you know, someone like me back when I was collecting things for my kids when they were babies.
1: I think I still tend toward excess. I, I really do. Um, I think it's like, I am in a constant state of decluttering. Right. I have a bag always beside my door in my bedroom and I am in a constant state of going through things, but I do tend toward, Buying too many outfits, buying things that I don't actually end up needing. I think I need them at the time. It's the allowing myself to say, you know what, that was a mistake. And I'm going to go ahead and just pass it on to somebody else. Or I'm going to, tr- I, you know, I don't try to sell a lot of things, only things that have like a tremendous amount of value. I really just feel like the Lord has blessed us. I'm going to pass this on and bless somebody else because nice. it gets it out of my house sooner. Right. And I don't sit there and like, think about it. So I, I do still have issues that way, but it's the allowing myself to say, I shouldn't have bought that and it needs to leave my home now.
0: That's good. That's good. What are the, like, what is your baby equipment that you have?
1: Um, I had a swing that I really loved. We had a, a Papa's swing. And then with this last baby, I had a, a different swing that would hold her longer one that we'd had in the hospital. We uh, sleep the kids in play pins now because they're smaller. Um, we do have a crib, but it's packed away and I'll probably pass it on to one of my older kids. Um, a something we call it a bunny, but I think it's called a rock and play and it's just a little Papa's type um, bed that they sleep in until they 're a little bit older, um, we have a high chair. I do not have um, like I have had a walker and like an extra saucer and things like that before, but I found the kids hated them, and they really <laughs> just wanted the freedom and Now, with a lot of siblings, we have the ability to watch the baby at all times, yeah. and you know there 's lots of us being able to get her out of trouble and bring her back to the living room where she needs to be. But um, I don't have a ton of baby paraphernalia because I don't like having all that stuff out all the time. Um, I am always happy when I can put away another thing in the house that, you know, was just there for a short time. And so those are just kind of a few of the things that I have.
0: Yeah. So. Let's let's talk about, um, we've got about, I think about 10 minutes left. I want to talk specifically about homeschooling. As I said, I don't, but I know a lot of my listeners do. Um, do you talk a lot about homeschooling or parenting or both on your new podcast, Raising Arrows?
1: I talk about both. It's a good mix um, because I didn't want to alienate anyone because I realize I have readers too who don't homeschool, even though the bulk majority of my blog is about homeschooling. It's also about homemaking. So like this last podcast was on potty training. Um, It's something I've done a million times. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know how to do it.
1: (laughs) Sort (laughs) of. I don't know. I'm not convinced. I'm real good at it though.
0: (laughs) What's your, what's your best tip for potty training without a mess?
1: Well, what I've started doing with these last two kids is um, doing the potty training in a day and basically locking myself in the bedroom and master bedroom and bathroom with them and going over and over it for, a, oh, well, it usually only takes like four hours or so to really get it down instead of just trying to haphazardly do it, giving it a real focused effort. And that has worked really well, even with my stubborn little guy who's now four.
0: That's great. Yeah, I've always heard of that I never quite understood exactly what it was I was a super early potty trainer um Mm -hmm. which you know I found for me with three kids it just was so much easier after that first one and I don't know if it just was the kids themselves but it was like oh little people do this too okay (laughs) (laughs) where the first one was like why are you making me do this you know (laughs) so um what Okay, so specifically with homeschooling, we are, um, this will go out very early in September. So it's the beginning of the school year. I know that, you know, different people start at different times. And with homeschooling, you have the freedom to, um, of course, I think it's depending on the state, right? But you have the freedom to, to start, you know, when it's best for your family. What do you say to the homeschooling mom who just started and already feels completely overwhelmed and behind?
1: I would say take a minute and don't forget to be mom, to mother your kids. We get so wrapped up in the homeschool teacher side of things that we lose sight of the fact that we are still supposed to mother these kids and not just be down their throats about schoolwork. I think you'll find if you've had like kind of a relaxed Teaching type summer where you've just been reading some books and you've been doing some nature walks, and you'll find that you're very relaxed. And then the school year starts, and suddenly you're like a crazy person, and you totally change your paradigm. And you decide that you're going to set everybody down around the table, and they have to raise their hands if they're going to talk. And you know, it's it doesn't work that way. You really have to continue to mother these kids, and if you're overwhelmed, it's probably because you're trying to either fit too much into your day or you've lost sight of the fact that this is not supposed to be a traditional school setting. That's, that's something that's done, you know, with a teacher and kids, and you still have to be mom in this situation and to not lose sight of that.
0: That's a good way to look at it. I like that. Let, let's talk, too, um, about... We, we spoke about how you manage the kitchen, which I am really big on the kitchen being the main, the first thing that needs to be sure to be under control. But what, what about the rest of the house? What kinds of ways do you um, involve your children in maintaining the home? How do you work that into your homeschool day or your homeschool week? Or how does that work?
1: So I talk a lot about this stuff in um, my book, Home Management for the Homeschool Mom, because as a homeschool mom, it's a different sort of mess. You have school books and you have projects and you have all of that living in your home. So your teacher and your mother and your cooking and cleaning and all that stuff has to happen within the square footage of your home. And you can't expect it to happen like it would for someone who has their kids in public school or they work or something like that. It it has to be different. And so with the kids and um, cleaning up, you know, we take a couple of 15 minute tidies throughout the day and I will stop and tell them, you know, we're going to tidy up. And usually it's before, like before they watch the movie, they're going to need to tidy up the house. And so they, we all run around as fast as we can and get the house cleaned up because honestly, sometimes all you need is, the house to be tidy for it to be clean. It's not necessarily needing to be swept and dusted and all of that. Just getting that clutter out from in front of your face is enough to be very relaxing and calming. So that's, I like to have things picked up and they help do all of that. And I will walk around and supervise Um, with the younger kids. You have to point out to them what to do. They don't automatically When you say clean, they don't automatically know what to pick up and clean. So I will point things out for the younger kids and walk from room to room to make sure that things are done and tidy and then they can go off and watch their movie.
0: So that. That's just picking up, right? Or do people have assigned jobs or do they have assigned spaces or what?
1: That's just picking up. And we do Mm -hmm. that a couple times a day. I do have a Friday, what we call home blessing. Um, It's just a deeper clean and everybody has chores on that. I have a list out and everybody's name is on it and what they need to do. And we knock that out in about two hours on Friday morning. We don't school on Friday.
0: That's good. Good. Okay, well, I appreciate you so much coming and just giving your overall um, some strategies and philosophies that you have on managing with a large family. Um, I want to be sure that people know where to find you because I'm telling y'all, Amy has lots and lots and lots of great advice. Um, I also want you to um, just go check out her podcast, check out whatever Over on her site, it's all at RaisingArrows.net. But where else would you recommend that people go to find you?
1: Um, Facebook, you can find me at Raising Arrows. And then Instagram, if you're just interested in seeing what our daily life is like, I'm there at Amy Raising Arrows.
0: Okay. And tell me again about your um, book, Home Management for Homeschooling Moms.
1: Yes, that's the latest book. I also have Large Family Homeschooling. Um, Home Management for the Homeschool Mom is really just helping homeschool moms manage their homes in a way that a lot of books don't address because they're not addressing the fact that you've you've got a homeschool going on in your house as well. And so it's just strategies for making those systems that I talked about um, putting those in place and making sure that your home runs smoothly while you're homeschooling.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, Amy. And I look forward to talking to you again, specifically about um, grief and the stuff and all the things around that. But I do want to give that its own episode at some point. So thank you so much for joining me to get today. Again, this is podcast number 137. If you would like to get the show notes for this, you can just look in iTunes and I'll have links to Amy's stuff there, or you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and make sure that you check us out on Facebook and all over the internet. Just go to com slash connect. All right. I'll talk to you guys next next week. Bye.